Hey folks, Uticast, episode number 49. The Memorial Day extravaganza. Yeah, it certainly is a post-Memorial Day extravaganza now by the time people hear this. It's going to be the recovery true. day, right? Uh, well, fear not, we can make that recovery nice and easy for you. Our good friend of the show, Ryan C. Miller, returns yet another member of the Two Timers Club. Really got to come up with a less offensive name. Really? <laughs> well, one way or the other, it's glad to have Ryan back on the show. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's always exciting to have Ryan back. Uh, his new sneak peek for the Mesh event coming up. We got that whole interview, plus a lot more. Aaron Higgins, it's a good week. number 49 and i only found one of any real consequence and that is legendary yankee reliever ron gidry aka <laughs> louisiana lightning aka gator aka creole thunder i made that I like gidry i remember when he was the uh wasn't he the pitching coach for them for a little while yeah i liked yeah. him when he was out there i liked any play all the players from that era for yankee fans will remember they all kind of look the same like they all like mustached guy kind of surly and dark skinned and like very mm, like grumpy looking yeah, just old, old, angry baseball men. They all look like my dad. They do um, not appreciate Bryce Harper's antics. So, yeah, uh, baseball ties in Memorial Day weekend. Always like watching the Yankee baseball Memorial Day weekend. Memorial Day weekend is like the beginning of summer. It's like the official, unofficial, official kickoff of summer season with Memorial Day. Whenever it happens, like that's sort of the mark. You can't hear me, but I just was drinking some delicious iced tea while you were giving that. It was a long sip you took when you <laughs> stared right at me. It was very tasty. <laughs> I don't know what was going on there. It was... um, so, yeah, uh, happy Tuesday morning, folks. Hope you enjoyed your Memorial Day weekend. Uh, I know we had a good time. We had a pretty jam-packed Memorial Day, all things considered. Yeah, it was a busier weekend than I expected it to be going into it. Yeah. Uh, we got to give a quick shout-out to our good friend of the pod and uh, former guest on the show twice now because he was in the wrestling episode as well, Paulie That's Diamond. True. From the Gentleman's Corner Barbershop, who was nice enough to show us such wonderful hospitality, to invite us to his his cabin slash cabin mansion, mansion that he rented for the weekend. Oh my god! I thought he owned it. He told me. Was he lying? Was he trying to butter me up? I, I think he don't think he owned it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we had a good time on the boat with Paulie and all the lads. Caught and some lasses. fish. Caught some sun. Yeah, yeah. We put that good fish video on Instagram of. Uh, of Polly pulling in the biggest crappy I've ever seen. It's crazy that he pulled that out of the water, like right outside Enchanted Forest. You wouldn't yeah. think that fish actually live there. He pulled about <laughs> no. five or six fish out in like 25, 30 minutes. They must stock that or something. They'd be smart if they did, probably. I wonder. That was a pretty big looking fish. Stockfish are not generally that big. Uh, but it's again, a stockfish that survived. That's true. He's a survivor. Uh, but yeah, again, shout out Polly Diamond. Thanks to God. All Paul. fish were thrown back. All, of course. Port to say, threw the fish back in. I know. I don't want PETA coming and knock down my. Well, door. I also don't have the culinary skills available to like bone a fish. So what am I gonna do with it? Just, uh, like, dude, cook it on it's, not as as, it's not as hard. It's not as hard as you think it is, man. You gotta just. Uh, I watched my dad do it a lot when I was a kid. I wouldn't do it because I was like, Ugh, fish. You know what I mean? I didn't want to touch it. But uh, I've seen some real woodsman types just clean a fish in like thirty seconds and just have it on the grill, just ready to go. It's a pretty pretty optimal skill to have 
outdoorsman skills, man. Fishing, camping. That'll be that'll be your new skill to learn this summer. You can learn how to like debone fish and <laughs> get a deboning knife. Uh, and then we uh, we did have uh, one more event this week. Uh, that was the ninth annual Jason Christopher Wilhelm Memorial Picnic that we went to on Saturday up at Lake Delta. Um, I think we've sort of talked around the J the Jay Wilhelm thing on the show before, right? We've have talked we, about it. Have yeah. we talked about it Plenty. before? Yeah. yeah. Well, if those of you who don't know, Jay was the drummer in our band, The Blueprint slash Coercion slash. Do we ever have any other names? Lots of <laughs> lots of music. <laughs> lots of music. We did lots of stuff. Uh, so this is the ninth year, uh, and I'm always blown away by how well um, Tammy and the rest of her family do. Just wonderful, wonderful work every year. Super talented family. It's crazy. Every single person yeah. in that family is musical. Every single one of them is like incredibly musically talented. Yeah. And they'll just play together. Yeah. It's impressive to see. It was fun to get to play up there and to be up there. It's always nice to see everybody yeah. once a year. I've had to miss them a couple of times yeah. over the years. Yeah. And every time I go, I'm glad that I'm able to make it and go, and it's always worthwhile. I got this tight koozie, the Jason Christopher Wilhelm Scholarship Fund koozie, which... Uh, they do a lot. They really did a great job building up that scholarship do. fund. They really did, you know, and... Sometimes I go down there and I'm like, man, it's been such a long time. It's been nine years since Jay passed away. But like, when you think about all the stuff they've done in those nine years in in his yeah. name, it's very impressive. They've really built yeah. an empire. He'd be the kid would be so humbled if he was around to see yeah. it and everything like that. Yeah. Like he was never somebody who wanted to take all the credit publicly all the time. That so was it's, that was my job. It was you. <laughs> <laughs> you somebody wanted, had to do it. You wanted all the public credit. Oh man. But um, yeah, he would be he would be blown away at like I mean they always had a really close family and you know I think trying times bring families closer sometimes, but they all loved each other a lot and for his yeah. family to go on and build up like such an impressive thing in honor of him is that's yeah. amazing. And also shout out to his brother Joey. We always we always still hang with his brother. Uh, there's two brothers, Joey and Tommy, but <laughs> Joey's just killing it out there. He's living the dream. We didn't finish our chance. We didn't finish, man. Could have been us out there in Europe playing on <laughs> tour. Could have been us out there just looking young and powerful on the mic with the with the guitar. He was he was very impressive. I feel like you're at like therapy right now. I you're am. Like, that could have been me. <laughs> it could have been me, man. Nah, no. Nah. First segment is your therapy session. Always. This is my Memorial Day therapy session. Uh, so yeah. Weather was great too. Like for all the all the talk about weather, because in Utica it thunderstormed really bad yesterday, and that was something that made the trip up to that camp that Paulie had very worthwhile. Is that mm. we didn't really catch any rain until the ride home at around eight o'clock ish, oh, yeah. and so we we're able to be out there. But the thunderstorms were bad here. We uh we stopped we stopped to get food on the way uh, out to Boonville, and we stopped at a place. And this is real fringe, so I think there's be some people who who are on this with us, but. Um, if you're ever driving from Utica up toward Old Forge, or if you're driving on Route 28, on Route 28 yeah, uh, there's a bar that has the back end of a plane sticking out of the top of it. It's called the Wigwam. You've probably seen it. It's like on the road. I for years since I was a kid, we would drive by this bar with the half the airplane hanging off the roof. Yeah, and I thought it was the coolest thing as a kid. And my dad would always point it out to me. For years, we've been driving by. Thirty years, mm-hmm. we finally. Stopped Finally went inside. to the wigwam <laughs> to take shelter from the, the storm because your windshield wiper was being sketchy. It was a little surreal to be in this place. I've driven by a billion times and just never went in. Right? We did kind of get that look because there were just some people in there like quietly watching NASCAR on their Sunday afternoon. Yeah. We did get that movie look a little bit where everybody gets quiet and turns and looks at you when you come in the door and you're like, oh, hello. <laughs> well, again, I when I go camping, we talked briefly about this on the trip, I kind of dressed like a delinquent. I always look a little like delinquent-y with my basketball jersey on and my. I don't know how delinquent-y you look, or as much as you look like somebody's trying to look delinquent. You're I not a delinquent. 
guy. I didn't look like the, everyone else in the bar. I definitely was where I was wearing like a Japanese wrestling hoodie over a Syracuse jersey with like a backwards flat panel hat. I look weird. <laughs> I'm a weirdo. <laughs> All right, well, um, let's not talk about how weird I am anymore. Let's uh, let's get excited. Aaron Higgins on the way to join us. Uh, before we go to break, though, I do want to point out, uh, we have a Facebook page now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, shout out to good friend of the pod, Kate Riley, for helping us set that up. I got to tell you, I, I haven't sat down really with it yet to start reposting things, but it's going to happen soon. I just haven't had Do you chance. think that maybe on Facebook we can get some quote-unquote mailbag questions? Facebook could be... Uh, I think there's a better chance... Prime engagement. Yeah, I think there's a better chance to actually... Get, people engage more on Facebook than they do on other social media, it seems like. Yeah. The Twitter engagement across the board, not just for the Uticast, but for everybody I know is kind of down lately, I feel like. Yeah, that's true. All right, let's get into the show. Aaron Higgins on the way. We will be back for this post-Memorial Day special. here i just come here and i just want to take a nap <laughs> it's if you walk into this house it's very comfortable it's, it's a little so bit, comfortable it's darker in here than it is uh normally because we don't get much sunlight in here so it's always a little bit cooler it's very easy to fall asleep in the living room it's a great house. place it's a great place um elegant aaron higgins here fresh from a haircut i'm covered in little pieces of hair it's very glamorous <laughs> <laughs> uh i just wanted to mention uh we did the the polar uh seltzer taste test yeah we I forgot one did we? I noticed it the other day that there was one more on the shelf that I didn't see. Really? It's called like watermelon margarita. Watermelon margarita, eh? So I was excited because it had the word margarita in it, but I didn't even see it that day. So. Uh, well, I just had a quick addendum. I wanted to make a point. When we drank those seltzers, they were just sort of room temperature in glasses. Yeah. Uh, I drank the tangerine limeade one in a glass full of ice, and it change the whole game much better so, yeah yeah so tangerine limeade as the doors are opening and closing in the studio because it's haunted memorial <laughs> day uh but yeah so quick addendum tangerine limeade solid polar seltzer only with ice you know That's what at, at least at, now that people can rest Knowing yes, how I you know really feel, really because upset. I'm sure that that's why everybody tuned in this week if they listened to that segment last week. Because they wanted to talk about seltzer more. Now everybody knows. Oh, God. You really are covered. That's the worst part about going to get a haircut is oh, like yeah. you have to go home and hose yourself off. You can, it's tough to keep going on you with your day me? with all like that cut hair in your collar and stuff. It's um, I dropped Maggie off at the groomer, which happens to be right next door to where I get my haircut. So it was like the two of us had hair appointments today. So. <laughs> Maggie is gonna be glamorous. Maggie, as you know, is uh, Aaron's dog friend, dog best friend. My dog. Let's just leave it Your at dog that. Best friend. Listen, She's my sister. She's your dog sister. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, my sister. so you have a. Uh, it's Monday. We're enjoying Memorial Day off. Do you mm -hmm. have like? Uh, do you have Memorial Day stuff? Do you have like military family at all? Or? I really, I don't. We uh, we celebrated a lot in elementary school. Talked about all about military stuff, but I don't have any military family that is hmm. uh, gonna be around. That's fair. That's fair. I saw we saw some demonstrations out on the way. There were a lot of parades yeah. going on today. I People love doing it. demonstrations and memorials. It was nice to see 
so many people out there. Like a lot of streets shut down. Everybody. There was one poor guy directing traffic. I think he was a firefighter, and he was in like full firefighter regalia. Oh. Like he <laughs> had guy. the blazer and the full shirt on, and like the suit and the hat, and he looked so hot and <laughs> burdened by standing out there. But he was doing his job. Yeah. It has been impressively, uh, uncomfortably humid, I feel like, for the last... It's not even the heat so much. I feel like the air is very thick right now. There's a thickness to the air. You can barely breathe. Yeah, well. Uh, thunderstorm we missed out yesterday. That was pretty good. So, guys, I have two actual stories. I actually did some work this week so we could uh, have a full show on Memorial Day for the folks. All right? Glory be. Yeah, no, no, no. I got a good one. Uh, and these are both serious... You do work every week, though. I mean... You don't. You you can't say like I actually did work this week. Like, like to... that's something I could say. <laughs> <laughs> I actually came to the show this week. I'm at like week three and a half. Guys. You're doing All right. great. Um, so are you guys summertime? From... <laughs> Breezy Aaron. <laughs> what do you guys know about the uh, Public Facilities Privacy and Security Act? The North Carolina thing. Yeah. I have yeah. a passing knowledge. Passing knowledge. All right. So I'll give you the the short version. Uh, I read. There's, I read two good articles. Both these articles are from Gawker. I know they're getting bad press lately, but uh, I like both of these articles. Uh, anyway, so uh, the idea is the the act implies that. Uh, <laughs> People need to use the bathrooms that match their birth certificate gender, right? So if your birth certificate says you're a male and you're transgendered, you have to use a men's room, right? Right. Uh, and this is getting a lot of flack. Uh, North Carolina, yeah, University of North Carolina is... Well, because North Carolina's been kind of a stickler about the whole thing. Yeah, The rest it's... of the country's been like, use whatever you want. It's a bathroom. It's not exactly a big deal. Mm. Um, well, a lot of people haven't... There hadn't been a lot to come out from this game. It had been in March. Uh, and then just a couple weeks ago... The uh, North Carolina University president, uh, Margaret Spelling, came out and said, um, uh, she basically implied that they were not going to enforce it. Like, against the will of the, the hey, state Hey, good government. for them. Yeah, That's they're what not going to enforce good it. Good for them. Um, University of North Carolina, I feel like, probably does plenty in that state where they can co- sort of say what they want and do what they want. Well, I just think it's important that it's happening just from the fact that now you have a legitimate major uh, yeah. university, major pillar of that community coming out against this law, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It sort of put... Uh, the idea is like state universities are required to comply because this is a state law, right? right. But, uh, so it puts them in a very quote unquote difficult position, was what she said. Um, so I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. I don't know. I've, I've, it doesn't seem like something that would happen up here. I don't feel like this law would like have made it to as far as it did in upstate New York, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't really know that anybody in upstate New York cares enough to pass that law. Like the, you know what I mean? It's it's tougher yeah. to get people up in arms and like, you know, false moral panic and stuff like that. Yeah. So I actually I have the the direct quote. This is the quote from uh, from Margaret Spelling. I have no intent to exercise my authority to uh, promulgate any guidelines or regulations that require transgender students to use the restrooms consistent with their biological sex. And then pointed out that the state law lacks any enforcement mechanism to this whatsoever. So. Kind of a, she kind of punked him down pretty good. I feel great like. use, great use of the word promulgate. Promulgate, <laughs> right? I had to, I had to check that one. Yeah, no, I mean, what does I, the word promulgate mean? I can pull that like up for you. I can pull that up for you if you'd like. To perpetuate more or less. Okay, I don't think I've ever heard the word promulgate. Uh, to promote or make widely known an idea or cause is promulgate. That's so great. I've never heard that word. There you go. There you go. So Learn something new every day. We're gonna do a vocab word every week on the show. That'll replace. <laughs> that'll be the new over under. We'll just do this week's word of the week. Uh, yeah, no, but I guess really the point of this for me was I, uh, I'm glad that somebody in a high position yeah, in the state came out. Yeah, that's all for the Tar Heels, and, yeah. man. Somebody's got to be 
Somebody's got to keep fighting the good fight. Margaret Down Spelling, North Carolina. You're my uh, you're my thumbs up of the week for you, Margaret Spelling. All That's right. a new thing too. Thumbs up of the week. I don't know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, so this is the other article that I read this week, and uh, this is another Gawker one. If you want to read the whole article, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna reverberate everything out of it. The article is called "Is Hollywood Sugarcoating of Violence a Good Thing or Bad Thing for Moviegoers?" Right. Uh, basically, the idea is that PG-13 movies make considerably more money than an R-rated movie because you can draw a large audience, obviously. Sure. So the idea is not to make the movies any less violent, uh, but Just to make sh- the violence, violence different. Le- yeah, to make the violence less obvious. So, like, here's a good example. They said, um, like, Taken Two, the Liam Neeson movie. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah. Taken uh, Two, Tokyo Drift. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> So, Taken 2, in that movie, uh, Liam Neeson kills, like, 23 people. Right. Right? Which is more than Jason Voorhees kills in most of the Friday the 13th movies. But that movie's rated PG-13. Right? I just think that's kind of... It's a weird thing. Right? <laughs> Isn't that strange? Implied violence doesn't mean anything anymore if it's, like, not bloody. I, I can see... I can understand the argument for actually, like... Putting some sort of a higher rating and actually showing like something like some direct gore to people, you know what mm. I mean? I feel like there should be a mechanism to be able to separate those movies out if that's your choice. But like the violence as a whole, there's violence on everything, you know what I mean? You can apply it different ways, and it's interesting how they've got the arbitrary ranking system that just sort of says this one's mm. okay because it's a guy died in an explosion, not like from a knife or whatever. The Liam Neeson films, it's kind of like bang, dead, bang, dead, bang, dead. You have no like. There's a lot of the times, and because I saw Taken One, I believe, um, Fast and the Furious, and um, it was it was a good movie. It was uh, it, they're so fast, you know what I mean? I feel like Friday the Thirteenth is a much different feel. It is scarier there, there's by the nature. There's different types of violence. Yeah, and the right. violence that happens in that movie is is you know Friday the Thirteenth is really cool but it's like um it's a great movie but it's it's gory and it's bloody and you you have you know the mm-hmm. characters and it's haunting and the whole thing so i mean it is it's silly and i don't know how they really rank them they make, like you said it's really arbitrary and whoever decides decides but eh. they tend to make violence a lot more abstract to make it a pg-13 yeah movie, you know what yeah. i mean instead of specific it's a lot more abstract in the way that they present it this is, a, this is a quote from uh, Dan Romer, who is the uh, the research director for the Annenberg Public Policy Center. Okay, so he was writing about wow, this. that sounds like an exciting job. Uh, it's, it does, right? <laughs> it's clear that PG-13 movies sanitize the violence, Sweet so they man. take out the blood and they allow them to show a lot more killing than you typically see even in R-rated movies. True. R-rated movies that have... Uh, R-rated movies that have violence will have more blood and show more suffering, but there's actually less violence in these movies, ironically. Uh, PG-13 allows Hollywood to have lots and lots of what some people think is gratuitous violence and get away with it because they're not showing the pain and suffering what actually happens when you get hit by a bullet. True. All right, so... I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, um, you didn't say anything that we don't already know, so... Yeah. Yeah, that's just what they're doing. I don't know. So that's... Uh, I won't beat that article to death. It's on Gawker. It was pretty good. I just thought it was interesting because uh, a lot of, like, the... If you look at, like, older movies, specifically, like, two of my favorite movies are, like, uh, Jaws and The Thing. I talk about those movies all the time. Like, Jaws was a PG-13 movie, but, like, and there's not a lot of gore in that movie, mm-hmm. but the scenes that are gory are very, like, intense and kind of haunting. Intense. Right? Like, those are pretty jarring. The thing coming up on the ship, oh, the whole nine. Yeah. It's yeah. interesting yeah, to see the way, that, the way that the line has sort of been moved exactly. over time. Yeah. Because when you go back and watch old movies, because, I mean, they... I think they kind of retroactively put in rating for a lot of stuff. There's a lot they look at things a lot more closely now than yeah. they used to. You know what I mean? What about the 
violence that we see in movies like, um, for instance, this is the first thing that I just thought of. The Lion King is a G-rated film. Yeah. Or, it might even be a PG-rated film. Uh, but there is a really serious death scene. Yeah, Scar, in that, right? It, no. It's Mufasa. Oh. I don't give a crap about Scar. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> when Mufasa's killed, Scar essentially kills Mufasa, and he goes into the thing, and the hyenas come, I mean, and he dies, he's in the, the stampede and the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Like, that's kind of, that's kind of, you know, a little bit more intense That's than, emotionally intense. Well, that's, emo- well, yeah. But if you look at the, I'm not. So where do we rank emotional intensity when it comes to violence in films? Here's my thing, though. I think Boom. that Disney movies always historically have had, even especially older Disney movies, historically have uh, have had at least one sequence of horrifying violence for children. You can go all the way back to, like, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. And, oh, like, yeah. Like, there's some really horrifying scenes of, like, at the time, like, the witch. Like, when the dwarves got each and, other. Yeah. The fish hooks. <laughs> the weird. That's a weird scene. <laughs> the weird eyes wide shut dwarf scene That's that they do. That's a weird scene. I always, I always thought that Disney did a really good job of introducing mm. dark things that are a reality of life yeah. to children in an easy way. Like something like The Lion King, you know, it is. It's horrible. And like, you know, it's like little kids cried in the theater when Mufasa mm. died in The Lion King. I still cry to this day. But Disney always did a good job of, you know, showing off these things that are unfortunately a part of life to kids and, like, getting introduced to it in a way where it's sort of like putting your toes in the water instead of just throwing them in the deep end. Well, the reason I brought up the Scar thing is if you watch... This is an underrated, uh, not under, uh, underappreciated aspect, like, creepy thing in this movie. If you watch the end of that movie when Scar... Goes. Goes out and gets, like, what's coming to him, mm-hmm. it's a pretty thinly veiled reference that he gets ripped apart by hyenas right below the oh, camera. Oh, yeah. They, they make like, it pretty clear. That's... That's pretty brutal, man. Like I don't, know if, I don't know if that's a reference. That's what happened. Yeah, it's... there's a lot of stuff that you watch it as you're an adult, and you're like, oh, that's exact. Like I never thought about that as a kid. But again, they don't show skin tearing from bone, and I think that's where the line is when you're getting into like rating something R. True. Yeah, they just use sound effects and shadow. What you like, don't see, just like Liam Neeson. Yeah, <laughs> it's very Hitchcockian. Like what you don't see is scarier than what you do see. I would like to see a Lion King taken crossover where uh, Mufasa and Liam Neeson track down uh, children. <laughs> you can't. Mufasa's already been killed. You got to go with it, Simba no, in the be, next generation. It can be a prequel because that's where the line is. <laughs> it can be a prequel. <laughs> you have to go next gen. Or you can do a sequel to The Gray where Liam Neeson fights Mufasa. All right, uh-huh. all right. Now uh-huh. we're still. I'm still talking. To Taken, Lion King, Tokyo Drift. <laughs> I don't want um, Well, I, like, they used an example, like, the superhero movies are the big example, obviously, because that's yeah. the big thing now. But, like, if you watch, like, some of those superhero movies, a lot of the buildings get destroyed. <laughs> that was something, when we watched that weird Daredevil yeah. Marvel show on um, Netflix, I like yeah. the fact that they reference, like, the stuff from Avengers, like, yeah, this part of town hasn't been the same since, you know... The Avengers were smashing everything yeah. up. Since an alien from space landed on this apartment building. Right? You see like, a lot of violence on television now. I mean, now that we're going there. Oh, yeah. When you talk, like, on, uh, I just started rewatching or not watching, the next season of Wayward Pines just came out. Oh. And they, they show, I remember, like, oh, wow, that was pretty graphic stuff. The, bu- uh-huh. the, the things coming in from the outside and eating the people. And you're mm-hmm. like, that's pretty graphic. Okay. Well, I forgot most, all about that. The most popular show in America right now is Game of Thrones, which is just like a violent Viking orgy. Yeah, but that so. is something that you have to watch. This is like basic cable. Yeah, uh, that's fair. Like Game of Thrones, you have to like sit yourself down and watch it on HBO. This is like anybody who has a television with a hookup could see this stuff. That's a good point. Yeah. That's fair. I know. I'm very smart. You're very, very. That's <laughs> why you're a master. That's why I'm a master. That is why you're a master. And not a science teacher. And not a science teacher. Yeah. All right, uh... 
Very good work, guys. Let's uh, let's move on to this week's uh, interview, which is uh, if you actually watch the Facebook Live interview that I did with Ryan Miller, it's the same interview. So uh, you know. Listen to it again. Ryan Miller's a very charming guy. I love Ryan Miller. Uh, he's now the newest member of the Two Timers Club, the illy-named Two Timers Club. Uh, so I do have to go get him an award now. I told him I would do it. You really set yourself up here because we're going to have a lot of people coming back and they're going to want awards. That's good. I like it. I like when people are excited to come back and do the show. It makes me feel like we're doing a good job. Like they enjoy coming here. Anyhow. Yeah. Oh, come on. I'm trying to be nice. Anyhow. No, Ryan, I think it's <laughs> great. I just think you're going to you're going to put yourself in a hole trying to buy everybody an award. Did you see the award that I gave away? Mm, I did. I couldn't imagine where you found it and how you put it together. Never you mind where I get my awards okay, from. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh. Okay. He's got an awards guy. <laughs> I got an awards guy. <laughs> I'll back no more questions will be asked. Uh, so uh, Ryan, uh, for those of you who haven't heard already, Ryan, the man behind the Thank You Bader, they just opened up a beautiful, brand new location on 326 Broad Street. Um, it's. I went over there to do the interview. We did not film it because they are having their sneak peek uh, mesh event mesh uh, meetup, which is going to be June 1st from 5.30 to 7 p.m. at the building. It's free. Just go to thinkyourbader.co and sign up if you want a tour. Coolio. It's, uh, it's... I'm very excited for some of the stuff that Ryan's going to be able to do there, and he seems very excited for the opportunities ahead. So, um, so here's our interview with Ryan Miller, and we'll be back in just a little bit. said something to me and then uh, I freaked him out I made some I made too much of an overcommitment as a fan yeah to, like saying something hoping that it would like resonate with resonate him, with him yeah. and it did not. I just made him uncomfortable so uh, I made the master of horror very terrified very terrified <laughs> I take a lot of pride in that it's a big moment and then I saw Meg Ryan and John Mellencamp who I heard there. he smokes three packs a day Mellencamp yeah he looks like it yeah Here's the thing, Mellencamp and... My wife waited on them, too, uh, years ago, and she's like, yeah, he smokes like, he just smells like ash. Well, he was there with Stephen King. Him, Stephen King, and Meg Ryan were all there with some crew from something, so my assumption is that they were all working on some projects together. Uh, I did see them later that week on, uh, like, on a talk show, like, together. So part of me was like, they must be doing some thing together. But, uh... Mellencamp looks exactly what you expect him to look like. Yeah. Just like wearing a leather jacket, like same haircut except now it's gray, just kind of yep. grizzled looking version of yeah. himself. Meg Ryan. She's had a lot of work done though now, yeah, right? She had. That sucks. It looks she's America's sweetheart. It looks like somebody it's like a horror movie, honestly. Like, it looks like somebody put another person's face oh, like on top man. of her face and like stitched it very poorly. It's just it I don't know. It made me that she sucks. was she looked so much worse than Mellencamp, but I never thought I would ever have that sentence come out of my mouth. Man, that uh, Ryan looks uh, so much worse than John Mellencamp right now, but it's a real thing, man. It happens. Uh, are you... Uh, what's yeah, the story? Yeah. Hold on. I gotta do... I gotta... This is very meta. Okay. Alright. <laughs> Alright, ready? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. So, fill as much time as you possibly can. Um, whatever you don't, we'll just do. So, All right. fill it somewhere else. Let me know where you're going. And I'll count you down. Three... Two, one. Hello, folks. 
My name is Sam Famolaro. I am the host and producer of the Uticast, and you are joining me live as I speak to one of my favorite people in the whole of the city of Utica. Wow. I know. Wow. I know. I know a lot of people, Ryan. Wow. Uh, folks, if you don't know him by now, I don't know where you've been because I literally can't go anywhere in this city without having someone talk to me about Ryan C. Miller of the Fake Debater. Always a pleasure to see you, my nice friend. Man. How are you? I'm wonderful. No, I need to talk about this. I need to talk about this. I've literally run into about 10 people in the last two weeks okay. who have said to me, Do you know Ryan Miller? Are you familiar with Ryan? You should interview Ryan. Are they the are they talking Are they talking smack? Or is no, by no, large people positive? people have nothing but positive okay, things to say about good. you. And I'm curious, like uh, you were very popular in the community. Like people seem to love what you have to say. People love what you're doing uh, in general. I know that's hard. I'm overexposed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you would you say though? Like you're a pretty personable guy, but has that gone a long way? To, like, I helping you. In here's general? the thing, man. I think just like. Um, Getting to know people, I, I like getting to know people and yeah. I like hearing people's stories and, and, and trying to help people. And I think, especially in Utica, I, you live and die by the network. Yeah. And I think it's just the right time and I, I like building a network. So that's helped me. I don't know. Wait, pretty much anytime people bring you up, I'm like, oh yeah, I know Ryan. Like, you know Ryan? Oh yeah. Oh, he's such a good dude. Oh, All right, that's nice. Well, uh, I. You've had you on the show many times. Yes, uh, I'm not the two. I'm not. I'm not on like yet. the official two yet. You know, I yet. saw that you guys gave a trophy out, and I'm like, listen, that trophy, yeah. that trophy was given to Bethan because she explicitly requested it. Just want to throw that okay, out there. It right, wasn't something it. that became a regular thing. Okay. Now I'd like it maybe to become a regular. Because I will say, I, I am, a, I am, a, I am a fan of the. I'm like legit fan. I, I, know I don't are. think I have missed an episode of the Uticast. Which is, which is very nice because a lot of people, even my closest friends, mm-hmm. fall into the podcast game where you you download them or you subscribe yeah, to yeah, them yeah. and then they stack up yeah. on your iTunes. And they're yeah. like, I have to listen to it in like three weeks. I do that myself. Yeah. Like I can't knock it. Like I'm a huge Bill Simmons mark. But there's oh, probably yeah, about yeah. Like five. But that's a commitment, though. Yeah, it is, oh, stuff's long. It is long. So, it is long. Well, let me uh, let's let's get into some stuff sure. here because we could talk about podcasting all day. Sadly, um, so when I first interviewed you on the show, I want to say we're going back to the first ten episodes or so when you were on episode three. Three, yeah, so Thanks. very early. That. See, uh, you were you were still at the old yes. incubator location. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll talk about the new space in a minute, but yeah. uh, it's something maybe we've talked about beforehand. I just want to rehash for our, mm-hmm. our viewers live. Before the old space, before the original space above Bag Square, mm-hmm. where did the incubator idea germinate? Was that at MV initially when you came to this idea? I, I think so. Um, yeah. So th- it existed pre-me, uh, same, same space, but there was never really anyone that was kind of boots on the ground every, every day, right? right? So it was this idea that um, a lot of universities... Um, and communities across the country have these incubators and accelerators. Mm-hmm. Now, from a university perspective, a lot of that deals with tech transfer. So you have like research universities, sure. right? So they have these incubators to commercialize some of the research that they're doing, turn them into businesses. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, that's kind of siloed. So it's a, you know, if if you're a, that incubator exists for that university. So this was an idea, I think, really kind of spearheaded by um, uh, Frankie Ross and, and Randy Van Wagner and MB, where they're like, you know, we're a community college. Uh, we should have some kind of an incubator and accelerator that is kind of agnostic, mm-hmm. where it's you know students obviously, uh, but but community members as well. And so they had that space, and they they brought in some some programming pre me. And I and I think you know one of the reasons that I ended up in this gig is I would always hit them up for space, and sure. I liked helping and organizing and building things. And so um, so yeah, so that was kind of the the pre I, I, pre Ryan incubator. I don't know, sure, you know? sure. 
So, uh, so when I met you, you guys were over at the old space, yeah. and I actually really love the old space. Mm-hmm. Um, how long were you you personally in that? I was there. So I think I actually. So I guess let, let's say that as of a week ago, I've been here, right? So almost sure. a year. Almost a year you're in that space. I'm curious, and I'm sure there's a lot of reasons. What was the main reason that you guys decided you felt you needed to leave the old space? Was it just the size thing? Because this new location is massive. It's huge. It's massive. Yeah. 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 Um, well, a, a couple of things. So, one, obviously we wanted to be able to... Um, the old space was great, but there were a lot of things we couldn't do sure. in the old space, right? Like, simple things as if, if you had a really important phone call you needed to take. Like, you were still making that phone call... In the back end. In the bay, right? You know? <laughs> yeah. um, things like... Uh, even just equipment and isolation, if we were going to have an event and you were working there, like you were part of that event, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, space was obviously a concern, but also we are now a designated um, New York State Innovation Hotspot, which is a state designation um, that we kind of have a mandate to provide services to folks, not just in Utica, but within our region. Sure. And so this kind of, you know, in some ways stemmed from that too. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that's happening in this space is um, this is a, like if you think of this complex basically as an H. So we're kind of one leg of the H. Sure. The the middle bar, I guess, is going to be um, MB's moving their carpentry and trades program here. Mm-hmm. So it's a move for the college in general, and this just happened to be a great space for us to use. And we're downtown. That's where we want to be, you know? Yeah, you are. I guess this is technically still the Bag Square. Still, we are Bag Square. I'm saying we're the, on the east side. We're Bag Square East bag. now. Well, I think, yeah. I'm glad to see that, actually. And uh, it's something that me and uh, Mr. Maiden Utica, Justin Parkinson, have talked about yes. uh, on our personal time is... Uh, there's a lot of talk about revitalization in the city, yeah. and we tend to focus on these shining examples mm-hmm. of revitalization, your bag squares yeah. and your diamond Utica areas, but there's a lot of other areas in the city that are probably ripe for yeah. development that we don't, we don't see. probably see as often. Uh, the fact that we're down here on Broad Street, which yeah. is a, a neighborhood that I don't always think about. It, 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 yeah. You know? it, yeah, I don't think a lot of people do, yeah. right? I mean, there's been... Look at, the Pierce and Blake building, right? That was, a, yeah. that was, I think, people thought that would be an anchor thing, and that didn't work, and so now it's, um, you know, we're, we're back to, to where we were. But um, I think the other thing with Bag Square, we celebrate Bag Square because um, that area in particular, I, I think when you would come off that ramp, right, you, yeah. you could literally see, like it was concentrated growth, right? Yeah. Like, you see oh, yeah. a lot of stuff happening, but, like, it's not, you know... It's not the, the pulp isn't isn't there. You can see it in one district. Where, so. What's funny with Bag Square for me is uh, you know, now that I, I I'm working ish there mm-hmm. enough for the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I talk to a lot of people about the neighborhood. And yeah. They're like, well, what do you think? So that's a big topic mm-hmm. of discussion. You get non-locals who come in yeah. and they say, um, is this revitalization real? And I have to have this question in my head. I'm like, well, I feel like it is. In 2007, it didn't feel this way. Mm-hmm. And Bag Square is a good example. If you sit at the Taylor and the Cook in the, on the patio, mm-hmm. imagine 10 years ahead of that, 10 years back, none of, nothing in that... <laughs> you, wouldn't, you wouldn't go so down You there. wouldn't go down. There's nothing <laughs> right. there. Right. It's just peepers. That's yeah. it. And, you know, yeah. to look at that location, mm-hmm. if you stood in that one location and went back 10 years and then went mm-hmm. back for it, to see what happened there is amazing mm-hmm. to a certain extent. And now the question is, how do you... How do you replicate spread that? It. Yeah. How do you replicate yeah. that? And I think that the more you have people replicating mm-hmm. it or attempting to replicate mm-hmm. it, uh, that's a good thing and a bad thing. You are going to have failures. People are going mm-hmm. to fail in this, I know. but you sort of have to not be afraid to fail. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's it's going to happen. And, and, and you know, I think we're so. I was talking. I can't take credit for this, but like Mark uh, over at uh, Gerber said something mm-hmm. to me a, sure. a while ago, and he was like, you know, 
when you ask the question, is the revitalization real? It's like there's been so many false starts for oh, yeah. people that have lived here. It's, it's hard for people to, you know, you, you're seeing it around you and it's still not real, right? Yeah. So because there's been a generation of people that have never seen it. So. Well, yeah, and it's a, it's a phrase that we commonly used on the podcast mm-hmm. a lot. I've, I've toned back from using it because yeah. we use it all the time, but this is not the end. This right, is the beginning, right, right, right. We need, to, we need to not sit back on our laurels and say, oh, look at right. We did it. Everything looks great now. Like, yeah. it, no. We've started to make headway mm-hmm. into an area where we ignored for 20 years, like revitalization mm-hmm. of the city. Uh, the trick is going to be how do you do it um, mm-hmm. in, in neighborhoods like uh, Corn Hill? How do you do it in West yeah. Utica? Like, so, you know, yeah. that, how do we do revitalization uh, smartly and yes. where, you know, everybody kind of benefits from it? You yeah, know? and even last, week, you know, even last week's podcast with Christopher Jersey, which you can yeah. find at yeah. unicast.com, also iTunes through in 5 Live and SoundCloud. I keep forgetting there's a yeah. camera here, yeah. yeah. like yeah. talking to Sam, and there's like... <laughs> The internet is, um, is here. But we went to we went to Sandy Nanny Foods and uh, and that's over in what I would consider I called it old Utica during the thing, East yeah, Utica. East Utica. The East Utica that I think of that my parents grew yeah. up in. And you can stand out in the street in that in front of Sandy Nanny mm-hmm. and look around. And if you're a person like me who's like a history major, spent a lot of time mm-hmm. with an active imagination, you can sit and look at it and say, Yeah, I, I can see I can see where this was mm-hmm. thirty years ago. Sure. But it's a much bigger question to say, how do we make this, you know, I hate to say, how do we make this great again? Because it's always... Yeah, let's not, yeah, 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 let's not use uh, But do you understand what I'm saying? Like, yeah. As someone who spent a lot of time here and mm-hmm. who's had family raised here, you remember the stories of this being mm-hmm. the Utica that meant something 50 mm-hmm. years ago. And it's just a shame that it seems like it's such a long way to get back there now mm-hmm. we, compared to what we had to do to start. I would also argue that I don't want to go back there. No. Nope. Uh, you know, like there's, there's a lot of stuff that was probably really terrible about yes. you know, the, the Utica that a lot of people oh, kind of yeah. nost- are nostalgic for, right? You know, I mean, you, you had the, you know, you, it was, there was the, and in some ways this is cool, in some ways it's not right. You had the Italian section, you had the, the Polish section. You know, I love this kind of, the idea that we're smashing everything together, you know? Well, that's interesting too, because I think that's another thing we talk about, like it's easy to look back at, like, oh yeah. man, easier times, but there was a lot of different issues. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Face today. Um, you know, and, and I think it goes both ways. I think mm-hmm. even in today's society, like you have to find the right balance. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a weird balance. Uh, that farm mm-hmm. to table place that opened in East Utica. Yeah, the local uh, the Carl's. Place, yeah. yeah, I think that's a great idea. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful building. Yeah, it's is it a little bit of a gamble to open that building in that location? You betcha. Certainly. But somebody's going to make that gamble, and somebody's yep. going to make that gamble, and it's going to work. Eventually. Well, and that's what you know. That's the ar- that's the same argument about. Bag Square West, right? Yeah. Like Utica Roasting and, and Taylor being down there. Um, I think one, one of the ways you, you start to do that, and I'm not like an urban, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm not a city planner, but I think like one of the things that you need is a business that attracts, you know, mammals, human beings yeah. down there where it's not just a, an office space, but something that, that attracts people that wouldn't necessarily be down there. And, and maybe the local can do that. Yeah, and it's funny, uh, that's something, it's a conversation we've had a lot about the downtown hospital, me and Kevin. Um, yeah. I've spent a lot of time, I know that's a pretty... I'm not touching hot, that. I'm not touching the pole. Uh, but one <laughs> of the things I've always said was when you drive down those streets, mm-hmm. there's a lot of those buildings that are in horrible shape. And for yeah. years, my head was like, how do you fix this whole mm-hmm. location at once? Like, what kind yeah. of business can you put here that's going, going to people. draw people down? Because even yeah. if you build the coolest business possible... Mm-hmm. On this street, there's nothing else on it. Right. There's, no, there's nothing right. here, and no one's going to walk. It better be it. really awesome. It better be the best business possible. Yeah. 
So I, I, I wonder back and forth what the solution yeah. is for that. And I don't have one either. No, I don't have one either. Well, hopefully somebody working at this new incubator space will have the answer to this question. <laughs> uh, so you're in the new space yeah. as of a week now. We've said we've, we've beat around the bush for the new yeah, space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's a beautiful space so far. You mentioned, and we won't go through a full tour because it looks like you guys still have a lot of stuff we, to do. We're, we're 90%. So we're, yeah. we're not officially open for business right now. Mm -hmm. um, but I like, when, you know, you're Justin Pollock. What are you doing right now? I'm like, okay, come on down, you know? So um, things like, we, we had, a, we had a, uh, an event that we were committed to on Tuesday mm -hmm. uh, happened anyway. And you know, so the event was Tuesday night and the carpet went in Monday afternoon and the signage was up at, in the afternoon of Tuesday so people could find it. Right. So we're, we're still, we're almost there. Right? I see your carpet samples over. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, gotta have some extras. Um, so what's, uh, what's day to day like here for you like right now at the new location? Well, right now, I mean, the new space right now for me is different than, uh, or my day to day is different than what it typically is. A lot of, in the previous space, I was on the road probably half a day, a few yeah. days a week, doing a lot of talks, meeting with with um, with, with students, meeting with, with companies. Um, now I'm I'm kind of in the facilities management game, mm -hmm. um, and if you guys were here an hour before, like it would have been crazy dealing with other things uh, happening. But once that's done, uh, day to day is going to be a lot more um, of a collaborative environment. So we're going to be doing a couple things uh, here differently than we did in the last space, where um, we'll have our you know our programming, our events, all that stuff, but we're going to be um, doing co-working here too. So if you're mm -hmm. not a company that's working with us, but maybe you're a solopreneur or um, you know you just you need an offsite place to work, you'll be able to kind of rent a, a space here. Mm -hmm. And uh, so the idea being that like if you're working with us or if you're not working with us, you walk in here in the in the morning. There's 20 or 30 creative individuals that are building something, mm -hmm. right? So it's a potential space for collaboration. It's a potential space for um, you know finding new clients, right? Yeah. So. Every major city has that, and we got to have it too. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, you, you've been involved heavily for over a year, over two years mm -hmm. now, probably. Um, what would you say the most important aspects... Uh, sorry, <laughs> sorry, man. Uh, what would you say the most important <laughs> aspects of making this a success have been for you? Like, What have you tried to push with everyone who's been here to try to make this go forward? Um, so I think one of the things you got to do, in, in my opinion, I've, I've doubled down on... on uh, on, con on online content and events mm. because I think online content online content yeah. right interesting <laughs> <laughs> and and here's and here's why because I think it, it's in my opinion it's it's really hard to just put um, put a space together and, and be like all right you know here we are uh, I think you got to tell a story and you got to build a community yeah um, because I think one of the challenges that we have so a lot, when you think of startups, you think of tech startups, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what are the things you need for a successful business? You you if you're going tech, you need programmers, right? You need someone that's good at developing a brand. You need someone that's good at building a team. And so who are those people? I don't know. And so part of what I've been focusing this first year on is really kind of like talent identification and acquisition. Like, can we create the conditions where we're just the the place for the cool creatives to come? Mm -hmm. And I think the and then can we can we smash them together? Can we provide events and opportunities where they can tell their stories, meet each other, and companies will form around that? I know they will. Yeah. So that's why I'm building on building community first instead of just going. Let's just put companies in. I know they they went uh, under a couple years back, but I don't blame it on him. Uh, when Bill Simmons talks about what mm -hmm. he used to do, Grantland yeah. uh, for ESPN, the idea was if I can get enough creative, talented mm -hmm. people all together in one mm -hmm. room. I'm not super concerned what the content will come out because I trust yep. that these people... It'll be good enough to monetize. Content. 
Now, granted, you could argue that Grantland fell through. You could argue that Bill Simmons is doing just Bill fine. Bill Simmons is doing just <laughs> fine, right? Uh, but I, I understand that yeah. mentality of, you know, if you surround yourself with enough people who are mm-hmm. doing wonderful things, mm-hmm. uh, doing creative things, you can feel good about the process of yeah. what's going to come out. You can put trust into these people. Yep. Which I assume probably happens for you as well. Like, people come yeah. in and meet you, and they must immediately think, I can trust this guy. I so, hope so. Yeah. Well, because we don't, like, there's, there's, you know, one of the things I hear a lot, less so now, but, like, when I was first starting all, all the time, is people would say, uh, I've got this great I- idea for business, but you can't tell anybody. Mm-hmm. Or, will you sign this NDA? And the answer is, is no to both. Yeah. Like, absolutely yeah. not. Um, what, you got to... You're not an island. You gotta tell people about it. And if it's that good of an idea, mm-hmm. um, and you're not gonna execute on, I mean, you know what I mean. Like the execution is more than than anything else. And more often than not, um, I've heard that idea from someone else mm-hmm. before. It might just be a spin on it, but um, yeah, you can't be an island. So I'm gonna ask you to yeah. do what most people do. Uh, okay. Treat me like an idiot in this scenario. Uh, let's talk about the mesh events. Let's talk about the mesh events. Yeah. Uh, for for guys like me who aren't super familiar with mm-hmm. what the mesh events totally stand for, I mean, let's get, just a basic start at the beginning, right? Yeah. Uh, so it's a it's a networking night, and we came up with this last year, um, and basically mesh stands for makers, entrepreneurs, students, and hackers, and mm-hmm. the idea being that um, we basically, if you're a creative, if you're if you're one of those four categories, or you think you're in one of those four categories, um, it's it's a, a uh, networking night where you can kind of come down and just meet other creatives, right? Sure. So w- we do a couple things that I think are different from other network nights. Um, it's geared towards building relationships for potential entrepreneurs or wantrepreneurs, right? People who might yeah. want to like dip their toe into water. Um, but when you register, it's not just like, hey, I want to go. Um, when you register, we ask you for um, obviously your, your, your name, but like LinkedIn profile. And then three things that you bring to the entrepreneurial ecosystem. So, you know, if I'm a designer, like I bring creativity, you know, expertise in Photoshop and like something else, sure. right? And then like three things that you want or that you would like to see, like so those wants and needs. What we do is we then go and we grab your LinkedIn profile picture and we create slides for every attendee. Um, and then we ask you to kind of self-identify as a maker, entrepreneur, student, or hacker, right? And so. When you come in at night, um, we do projections and video screens all over the room where those slides are rotating all night. So instead of um, you just walking into a room of people, and maybe I need to meet someone that knows how to do podcasting, sure. right? And But I don't know that you're here. So, But if I'm kind of glancing up at the screens and you know Sam Famalaro shows up and it's like expertise in podcasting, right? I can just go find you. It's a very loose expertise, by the way. Well, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I know what you mean. But that's the idea is that like let's, let's try to make networking easier and then um, you know, we just kind of have the tunes going. We have some food and some mm-hmm. and some some beverages, and then we usually have um, uh, one or two companies kind of pitch to the group, um, talk about their company or a problem they're having or a service that they're launching, and then we just go home. That's it. And when is the upcoming event? You have June one? one. So yeah, this is the this is a sneak peek of the new space. So sure. um, as we're not officially open for business yet, that'll probably be mid June. Um, if you want to take a gander the new space, June 1, 5.30 to 7, it's free to come down and uh, uh, you can kind of see what we're cooking up and we'll have some announcements on some of the new things we'll be doing here. And uh, for someone who actually has been in the space uh, as of today, mm-hmm. I have to say, when you walk in... It's legit. It's a little bit... <laughs> it's unnerving almost. It's so big. It's impressive. Yeah. It's like, oh my God. It, it yeah. gets you excited in a way that mm-hmm. I didn't expect when you walk in. Like, yeah. I can see creativity yeah having a place to foster here yeah and I guess uh, and that gives me to my my I guess my last question yeah, yeah. I won't I won't drag you on sure, too sure. long uh, what would you like to see 
going forward with this in, let's say, the next 10 years? You have this space, mm -hmm. you have this location, this beautiful location, you've had a lot of support with the community. Mm -hmm. Going forward, in your best case scenario, what would you think is the best? That's actually an scenario? easy question because yeah. I've been trying to think about this a lot. Um, yeah. I think in my perfect world, what I would like to see is a combination of uh, fundable companies and non-fundable companies. Mm -hmm. What I mean by that is when you think of um, startups, when you, when you look at companies that get funded, so to speak, mm -hmm. right? The reason they attract venture capital or outside capital is typically because they have a high growth rate. Mm -hmm. I actually should go like this, right? High growth rate. Um, really fast uh, user growth, massive um, potential. So that's obviously awesome. If we have some people that are working on some, some high growth companies, obviously we want that because that then attracts venture capital mm -hmm. to pay attention to us. But on the other side, I think that we can have a tremendous economic impact from a, on a micro level if we seed 20, 30 small businesses. Maybe they're not super high growth, but those are things that will keep young people here, that they will create jobs and then help re do this revitalization. So I think my vision is that we have both. We have the really scalable stuff and that we spin out a lot of non-scalable stuff. Sure. That's my vision. Uh, I got one last thing too, if you don't mind, to be chiming in. Can yeah, you just update us on just big ideas, what's going on with that? With yeah, yeah, so. Um, meetings and such, mm -hmm. so. Yeah, so um, if you don't know what Big Ideas 2016 is at working, it's, it's actually now, it's the, the Community Impact the Community Impact Challenge. Yes. We're working with the Community Foundation on this um, kind of spinning off their speaker series. What they've done, they've put up uh, up to $25,000 yes. for a, a new venture to be located somewhere downtown. They've designated mm -hmm. um, districts. Uh, and we're working with them on, on helping these entrepreneurs actually get a plan together and make it happen. This so is Alicia Dick's over it. Yeah, yeah I mean, she's great. Right. Yeah. So uh, where that's at is we had about 60 applicants that wanted to kind of compete for this money. Um, we, based on the kind of the written pitches, those were narrowed down to approximately 30 mm -hmm. people that were invited to participate. We're um, gonna be concluding phase one, which is basically um, getting people uh, to investigate um, what are we actually selling? What are we asking people to pay us money to do? Yeah. Um, what kind of team do we need to build? And then market research, like will this be sustainable? Um, once that happens, we go to phase two, or is acceleration and incubation, where we'll work with the people that meet that phase one deadline, um, and we'll push you through a, a six to eight week program of developing this and, and this business plan with data points that you can use to submit for the final deliverable um, that will be judged. And so, what we're you know we it's great that you have an idea, but we want you to identify location, um, pricing models. Like, will this actually be sustainable? Right? Like, mm -hmm. will people care that you exist? How much is this going to cost to start up? Mm -hmm. So 25 G's is a lot, but it's going to typically is going to cost more than that to yes, get a business off the ground, right? Sure. So this is rocket fuel. It's not like the fuel. Mm -hmm. um, so that's where we're at. So um, the second phase starts June 16th, and we'll have a, a winner, so to speak. Uh, I believe the first week of August. Wonderful. Yeah. Folks, you can follow Ryan Miller on Twitter at Ryan C Miller. Mm -hmm. uh, where's the links for all the incubator stuff? Uh, just if you just Google Thinkubator Utica, like yeah. everything will come up, or Thinkubator.co. No one can spell it. Yeah. So just use the Google machine and it'll come up, you know? I, t I can't tell you how many times I tell people a week, but they ask me a question, like, did you Google that before yeah. you asked me? Because I guarantee you would have found an answer. I'm a, yeah. I'm a nobody. I have no answer for you yeah. on this. Uh, Ryan, listen, I've talked, as I mentioned earlier in the interview, I've talked to a lot of people who are very personally touched by the work you've been doing. And they, wow. they're really, awesome. it's been, it's, you've been doing great work. And I really appreciate it. Uh, 
Best of luck in the future with the expansion of your business and also of your family, which we're going to talk about right here. But yes, congratulations thank you very much. Stuff. I appreciate it. Uh, Ryan is a good guy. You can learn more about Ryan uh, at thinkubator.co uh, on Google. Google Ryan Miller Utica. Yeah. Something will come and uh, we will catch you guys later. And if I end up using this for the podcast this week, I will bring you an award. <laughs> I'll bring you a trophy. I'll have to find you a trophy from, uh, from the dollar store, which is definitely not where awesome. I got that cross-eyed tiger, guys. <laughs> Didn't buy that at the dollar store 10 minutes before the interview. Didn't have it. <laughs> Did not Awesome. Later, folks. Refer to him as 2013 Um, you love. You're so excited about the Mets. I gotta be honest. I have not even jumped back into baseball really yet this year. Still kind of. Maybe it's because the Yankees are like hovering around 500 and they're kind of boring to watch. But tough to get the games. You know the problem with the with the the yeah the game times are difficult for people who have jobs that are not a standard nine to five. Mm-hmm. Because they do a lot of the games, East Coast games are a lot of, you know, like 7, 10, 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock. So if you're not home at those times, what are you going to do? But I see, I see them all, so whatever. I don't uh, really care about you guys. I watch them all. <laughs> I'm home at 7 o'clock at truer night. Truer words have never been spoken. I'm home at 7 o'clock at night, so I've seen every game. And, I, you know, I've watched a fair amount of Yankees games. Mr. Aaron is a big Yankees fan, so I've gotten to see a lot of it. And I'm really kind of, in, like, shocked by... The Yankees' performances. I would have thought they would have been a higher caliber team this season, but they, uh, they're playing like old people who don't care. They I are old people who don't care. <laughs> and that's the majority of, of them are old people who don't yeah. care and young kids that deserve better than what they have right now. Yes, yeah. and it's really kind of sad to, just, to watch. We're going to have to wait through. We're going to have a couple of tough years until we, we're going to turn it all around when we get Harper and a bunch of yeah, other when, people. When, when when and these young kids get better. When the young kids get more of a chance. Well, we need to get... The problem is we've got so many... Like in the next two years with the Yankees, there's... Four or five contracts coming off the books that are worth, you know, Beltron, like Pineda. tens and tens of millions. Well, not Pineda, Beltron, what's Sabathia, his Rodriguez, Sabathia. Teixeira. Rodriguez, Those Teixeira. Are the four right there. Teixeira is like, it's like watching a, it's like watching a paint dry when he plays. Oh my god, I get so angry. And the games take forever. Oh, that's historic. The Yankee Yankee baseball historically takes an hour and a half longer to play than any other team. I literally <laughs> I don't we watched we watched, we watched a Met Day game. It was a couple weeks ago. We watched a Met Day game. It was like a Saturday afternoon game, and it was over and done within two and a half hours at the most. And then we got to watch the Yankees game because it was like a five o'clock game Mets game and a seven o'clock Yankee game. So we switched over to the Yankee game, and by ten thirty, you were still in the sixth inning. Like the bottom of the sixth. I'm like, oh my God. It's like pulling teeth. Swing the bat and run. Like, how hard is that? There's nothing more. I got so frustrated. There's nothing more agitating to me than watching a oh. Yankees Red Sox game. That's what it was. It was Yankees Red Sox. Yankees, oh, yeah. yeah. That, that's Woo! every Yankees Red Sox game. Every Yankees Red Sox game is four and a half hours long, and it's just like stressful, and it hurts my chest, and I can't do it. I had to walk away because it gives you. It gave me such anxiety yeah. to watch. Hey, speaking of giving me anxiety, I am a week in with no uh, soda. How's it going? Crummy. Really? I would like a soda. I'm not. I'm. A, I'm a small man with no willpower. I would love a soda very much. <laughs> I don't uh, love. I don't like soda pop. I never developed really a taste it. for it. So I feel bad for you because that's got to be the worst. No. But 
And, and it's okay. Don't feel bad for me. Don't feel bad. I. It's good for me. Don't cry for him, Argentina. Argentina. <laughs> I was going to say it. I was going to say it, but I held my tongue. The truth is, I never left you. Uh, no, here's the thing. The um, truth is, there's a soda in the fridge. <laughs> no, I've, I've had to make a very specific, like, um, like, thing to, like, what counts as a soda, right? Like... What, are you in a gray area this whole thing? No, that's what I mean. Like, I can't get a Powerade. I can't get a vitamin water. Those are all sodas, like, inherently. Seriously? It's, it's the same thing. It's yeah, just it's all not sugar, carbonated. Man. It's sugar all... water. All right, so go have a seltzer and a regular glass of water. And well, it yeah, day. yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, I'm really enjoying the seltzer, but we... Because it does, it does give you the fizzy and the flavor. Yeah. But uh, honestly, out of nowhere... Unsweetened iced tea has been a real game changer. It's a good one. For I like me. unsweetened iced tea a lot. I, I'm a big fan of the unsweetened. I would take iced unsweetened tea. over sweet tea almost all the time. Oh, because yeah. sweet tea. And some revolting. people, I mean, that's sacrilege to some people. I don't. My that's my problem with soda. It's too sweet. Mm. Yeah. I don't really have too much of a sweet palate. I like things that are a little more muted, a little bit more towards mm. like bitter stuff like that. You yeah. know? I think that when things are too sweet, soda pop always makes my teeth feel like. You call it soda pop. I've been calling it soda pop. It's like the second time. What a weird soda thing. Soda pop makes my teeth feel like. Grimy. In danger. Like it, you know, yeah. <laughs> soda pop makes my whole like it just makes me feel like disgusting. I don't know what yeah, it, it's it makes true. your inside of your mouth feel dirty. It unsweet and sweet iced tea is the same way. It gives you that sugar coating, that like really it's the sugar revolting fle- feeling. Well, but unsweetened iced tea, squeeze a little lime in there, gangbusters. See, I like that's pretty good. Gangbusters. It's a good use of gangbusters. I haven't I heard know. that one in a while. Uh, lime is good. We used I to know. we used to just leave a pitcher of unsweetened iced tea in the fridge, and then if you go buy some lemonade, you can make yourself a nice Arnold Palmer. Or you can put lemon seltzer in it. Lemon seltzer. That's, that's even good less. Too. That's even less sugar because mm. lemonade it does come with a fair. Arnold Palmers honestly will fall under the soda pop category because they are so sweet. Yeah. And they are so sugary because I used to love them. I would Arnold drink Palmer. them all the time. Mm. I don't know. Maybe they don't fall under the sugar cat or the no, soda cat. No, it depends like on the lemonade, I guess. Yeah. But the sugar content of those is enough to give you your daily. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's your daily intake of sugar, essentially, in one of those little cans of Arnold Palmer. So, it's much better to do a unsweetened iced tea with uh, a lemon or a lime seltzer, or any kind of seltzer, really, because you could do like a raspberry seltzer. A raspberry seltzer. I'm into that too. I know. Look how smart I am and thin. <laughs> <laughs> Because I don't drink soda pop. <laughs> that was my wellness tip for the week, friend. There you go. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so iced tea's been real and good for me. hair in my eyes. Uh, you're struggling. <laughs> the heat in here with the hair in your eyes. All right, so let's... Uh, we have some over-unders that we're going to do in just a couple minutes uh, about some Memorial Day summertime treats, and we're going to overrate them and underrate them. Uh, but I just want a couple quick shout-outs here. One... Uh, Maiden Youth Golf Tournament coming up June Woo-hoo! 11th. Yeah. We cannot wait. Uh, our good friend of the pod, uh, Sarah Foster, wrote a lovely golfing locally blog that you can go to onardacountytourism.com uh, and read. Um, she's a good friend of ours. It's a really good read if you like golfing. And uh, sign up for the tournament, guys. Spots are filling up uh, fast, and I want to be able to outdrive all you fools. Just my my swing is so tight. I got the John Daly grip it and rip it style. You don't even know. I've been working hard. I do the, um, what's it called? What's his face? Was it Happy? The Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore where you run a couple of steps <laughs> and <run>. swing. <laughs> Except That's Aaron a... runs from about 15 yards out. Just and I to use get a full stick. head of steam. I use a hockey stick. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's the best Adam Sandler movie, I think. Ew, but, uh... Punch Drunk Love? Punch Drunk Love? <laughs> That's a good movie. What are you, like... You need to start drinking soda Because <laughs> you're weird today. Punch Drunk Love is not a good movie. That's the try-hard answer. It's like, I like Punch Drunk Love. That's my favorite. Yeah, because I'm cool, not, and I went to Gilmore. art school. That's a good movie. Whatever. Dude, right. I went to art school. I don't even think it's a good movie. And, uh, and also, <laughs> anyhow. Billy gonna... Madison's severely underrated, by the way. Billy overrated. Madison? Overrated. Underrated. Uh, uh, Too much. Overexposed. Well, 
I think you know what? Problem. If you go back and watch it now, Happy Gilmore, by like you said, by far the best Adam Sandler movie to come out of, especially that era of Adam Sandler movies. But if you go back now and watch Billy Madison, you're like, there's some parts of this that are really good. Oh yeah, of course there's parts. <laughs> there's parts in almost every Adam Sandler movie from back there that are kind of funny, except for Punch Drunk Love. Well, that's not supposed to be funny. It's a drama, guys. It's he only likes drama. I'm sorry. Sam's I'm life is too serious for him to laugh. Uh, I'm so sorry. I forgot. Not, like, I forgot who we were dealing with. Like, I watched I watched The Waterboy one day on TBS, which is also. not a great Adam Sandler movie, but there's some parts. There's some parts. Waterboy's all right. Waterboy <laughs> has these moments for me where I'm like, this is wildly an offensive, horrific film. Oh, yeah. yes. And there's parts of it that are like, that's hilarious. I think the times in society changed awfully you'd fast on poor Adam Sandler. Make, you'd never be able to make like, those movies now. The Water He tried to make that movie about like Native Americans, like the the yes. stupid six or something. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't yeah. work out. Where for it him. was like a bunch of they were all, It was him and his buddies dressed up as like American Indians. Oh. I think it's actually on Netflix. I think he did make it. I can't believe it's here oh. for the world. Uh, here's the thing though, like Waterboy, I think hit the world at a strange time because that was kind of a big movie. Oh, right. Like really? when it came yeah, out. Sure. Yeah. Like I. I that's what if you're listen if you're flipping through the channels on a Saturday afternoon you have nothing to watch that movies on you'll watch it you'll chuckle it's just not going into pantheon you know what I mean mm. um, you know what I liked was Fifty First Dates never saw that actually it was really cute I liked it he was he was I liked the Wedding Singer Wedding Singer was a good why was, yeah why? Wedding, <laughs> wedding Singer's great getting deep in Adam Julia Sandler Gullia hey man you're, you're the showrunner <laughs> Um, Sorry, keep going. No, that movie. That movie actually is. Uh, I, I said this. I, I made a point. Google some memoir Adam Sandler film. Uh, here's my thing about the Wedding Singer. I actually had a hot take to Kevin. We were talking about this last week. Uh, the Wedding Singer is the perfect Adam Sandler movie for his skill set. Like he can sing a little bit and like write the and play guitar. Yes. And, be funny uh, and be, be kind of serious. Funny and sort of serious. Yeah. It's kind of like uh, School of Rock was like the perfect Jack Black movie. Like they perfect found vehicle. the perfect vehicle for this guy. Yeah. Uh, I don't think The Wedding Singer is my favorite Adam Sandler movie. I still sing Happy Gilmore probably or Punch Drunk Love. Grown Ups uh, was really good. Really? Grown Ups did not. I felt like Grown Ups might second. be terrible. Big Daddy. Big Daddy is. Big Daddy I was just is, gonna say that. Big Daddy's kind of funny. Big Daddy's really funny. Big, Big Daddy, Daddy is might be my really favorite Adam Sandler movie. Oh, I, Mr. Deeds was really good for when it came. Like it was, it was popular. Is that the one where we had like the black foot? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Deeds like is. Like it was dead or something. Yes. Or dead foot. Mr. Deeds is kind of the jump in the shark moment for Adam Sandler oh, movies. I want to say like Little after Nikki. that. Little Nicky. Little Nicky's a bad movie. True. It's a bad movie. Oh, bedtime stories. Spanglish. <laughs> Never saw Spanglish. Sam loves Spanglish. He watches it when he watches. Never Bunch saw Rock Clint. Eight Crazy Nights was really cute. That's no. the cartoon movie. Longest Yard, Click. Wow, a lot of these are really bad. They get it gets bad, right? There's a definite tipping point. All right, let's move on. We're not overrating, underrating Adam Sandler products tonight. Are you uh, sure? I, we've already <laughs> gone too far. Uh, I want to shout out someone else as well. Good friend of the pod, Mike Beck. Uh, he had reached out to me to come and talk to us on the podcast about Wine in the Wilderness, which is coming up this weekend, June fourth, six p.m. to nine p.m. You can go to uticazoo.org, check out all the info about it. Uh, I didn't want to bring him in because it's Memorial Day and I feel weird asking Maybe. favors of people. Okay. Especially you, Aaron, with your fresh haircut and your straight. What? I don't know. She's blowing hair off of herself on the podcast. I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. <laughs> You're still looking at Adam Sandler movies. I loved that one. That's a really underrated movie. That's Go ahead. That's a hugely underrated movie. Do the zoo plug. Okay. Get you off the rails. Maybe we could get Mike back to come in later and just do a special interview with him later this week. That's fine. Just put it up on the... That's not a bad idea. You know what I mean? Because this yeah. is a great event. It's a huge event, and uh, we sure love it here at the podcast. I love, love, love Wine in the Wilderness at the yeah. zoo. I think it is so much fun. I went to my first one last year, actually, and uh, had such a good time. It's such a cool event. You go, you get to 
sort of try different things, try different wines, try different food, and go through the zoo. Yeah, then at which, 9 o'clock, they let the animals out. And Woo! that <laughs> was how I got to ride the peacocks. <laughs> They're actually out the whole time, but I waited until 9. Because that was the respectable thing Blended. to do. Uh, <laughs> also, a quick shout-out to Maiden Utica member, Jilly Dukes. Birthday coming up this week. Happy Woo-hoo! birthday, Jilly yeah, Dukes. Yeah, it's the first. Yeah. It's a big day. Exciting day. I know. All right, guys. Quick overrated, underrated post-Memorial Day. We're going to run through some popular Memorial Day food staples, overrated and underrated. Uh, I don't even know, Aaron, you can eat most of these, so we'll see. All right, let's do it. I'll tell you how right. I eat them. Overrated, <laughs> underrated. Hot dogs. Classic American grill staple. Hot dogs. No One. bun. No bun. I can't have the bun, and they have to be certain ones. Hoffman's are good. Yo, Hoffman's hot dogs. Dude, I can eat Hoffman's. I can get Underrated. down on a Hoffman hot dog. I think, uh, Heck yeah. I think hot dogs have gotten a bad reputation, uh, probably deservedly so to a certain extent. Well, because for a while they were made with like every part of an animal that well, no one wanted to eat. Well, that's I mean that's really kind of what they are, but there's different levels of qualities to do that. You know what Look I mean? Look a Hoffman hot dog. Look, man, a Hoffman hot dog changed my like my perception on hot dogs. Uh, oh my here's my thing, though, with, with the Hoffman hot dog... If I go to a, a barbecue, right, and I see burgers and dogs, snap grillers. I'm probably gonna grab a dog because it's less like it's less work. It's less work than a hamburger. I gotta like really. Yeah, like, that's true. Like a uh, hot dog's real quick, real simple. Yeah. Just you can essentially out. eat it without a plate. It's a great like on the go, one hand food. That's why it's a ball game food. Hot dogs. Wait a second. I have a hot take. Do you ever slice them and put cheese in them? Uh yeah. Okay. Uh, you've met me, right? <laughs> I put cheese in things that. American cheese. Eat. You can't put like fancy cheese in it. You oh, gotta put American cheese no, in. He only puts fancy cheese. Only in. fancy cheese. I don't punch drunk love. Punch drunk love. <laughs> only fancy cheese and punch drunk love. And now Chuck and Larry over here. So uh, I'm going with American cheese. All right. So let's go to the other side of this argument then. Uh, what about hamburgers? Are hamburgers overrated or underrated? Underrated. I feel like there's. It's a little bit easier to do more with a hamburger. Let there's me... a lot of stuff you can put on. It's an easier vehicle to like deliver extra stuff. Like if you want to put like. Anything from like you know peppers to tomatoes, you can just add more things onto it more easily. Wait, hold on, this American cheese, both things. <laughs> wow, <laughs> I'm very excited for American. I wish people could see your pose right there. That was amazing. We're gonna. I think we're gonna have to start putting a video camera on you I whenever you should. come in for the show. American people cheese. People are missing out on sixty percent of the show. Um, <laughs> uh, here's here's the take for you. When we walked into Paulie's for the the camping trip, he had burgers and dogs and sausage patties out, and I. Grabbed a burger. I was about those to were grab. sausage patties. Yeah, I thought I they were hamburgers, so I grabbed the other one because I'm like, this one's got cheese on it. No, I saw oh, the I cheeseburger. Sausage patty I, beats yeah. everything every time. The sausage highly patty highly underrated. Highly underrated. That's kind of why I say the burger is a little overrated because the sausage patty for me, maybe because I'm Italian, always seems like a better choice. Can so, I ask you a well, question? That's... Is a sausage patty like a local thing? I don't think so. You can get I mean, them at night. Could you get them everywhere? In the Midwest, you can get them. I yeah, used to go out in I'm Chicago. I'm sure that we're not patty. the only people to it's put sausage well, in Well, salt potatoes, are, you know, they're here, so. Yeah, right. I oh, just, salt under potatoes. the. Salt well, potatoes. I feel like salt, when you talk about things potatoes. being overrated and underrated, you've got sausage patties in place of like hamburgers. I'd take like a bratwurst over a hot dog or something like that. Yeah, that is true. That is true. See? You can't put cheese on those. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. But if I'm, if I'm grilling out back on Memorial Day, I feel like I gotta have some American product out there. That hot dog relegates that American. That's true. I need That's that true. Let me tell you right now. My my cousin. This is a side note. My cousin owns a restaurant in Rhode Island, from the area, and she went out uh. with her husband and owns a restaurant. Well, they were back. So yesterday I tried. They had brought up for the Memorial Day the burgers that they make at this restaurant, and it's the their burger, and they've been ranked as like the one of the best burgers. Did they in the cook state. it and then bring it, or did they bring the no, stuff? No, they to brought cook all the stuff place. to make it with all okay. the stuff, and it was. Uh, and I, I'm not a burger girl. Like I could take them or leave them. 
because you can't have the bun, so like well, that's the yeah. I actually ate this one in a lettuce wrap. Mm. Ah. Unbelievable Gouda cheese. Yeah. Yeah, I knew you'd like Gouda cheese. cheese. I know you'd like that. It was like a smoky Gouda bacon, uh, lettuce, tomato, and then I they just had this thing called they have their special sauce, which was like a little sriracha, a little bit of mayonnaise, and like it was just mm. a really good burger. So if you're ever in Rhode Island, go to Chomp. Mm. Chomp Burgers is what I had the other day. Throw the go. dough up in the air. Cave age Gruyere. That's how I do <laughs> all it. Right. Uh, all right. <laughs> so, uh, so let's uh, let's move on. Uh, let's What's do, next? Uh, here's one for you. I think you might. Wait, there's, are there more food? Oh yeah, more oh, food. Okay, we have more I'm food. ready. I didn't uh, want to be done with the food yet. No, we're not done with food. We got, it's all food for this one. <laughs> is salt potatoes on that list? I think it's it's hard to to put any rating but underrated or excellent to salt potatoes because they're such a delicious treat. Yeah, who's got something to say I got, about I salt got potatoes? No, I won't step on salt potatoes. They're do you know that when my family travels out of the state, we bring salt potatoes with us? People love that problem. That's, that's, no, I'm not even joking. Like, if we were to go somewhere, we'd be like, we got to make sure we have salt potatoes. Very, very old country of you. <laughs> showing up with a bushel of potatoes. We have, like, our, like everyone's got, like their, like, their overnight bag and, like, a bag of salt potatoes. Old country way. Salt potatoes. You can't not have salt potatoes. Uh, what about macaroni salad? Overrated, underrated. Everyone's got macaroni salad. What are your thoughts? I put tuna fish in my mac salad. Mm. I, that's great. You're very smart. I think that's a great idea. Um, I only do it if I'm going to have it, like, a meal, but... I prefer like the pasta salad with like olive oil as opposed to mayonnaise as the, the Greek, base. Like the Greek version. Like the really salad. cold, yeah, yeah something like that. Because it's cleaner. You feel you don't feel like you're eating as much. It doesn't feel as heavy. Yeah. Mac, you're, yeah. Traditional Because you're always salad. eating out in the sun, too. Like, the plus, when you see some mac salad, some potato salad that's been sitting in the sun for 90 plus minutes, you start asking questions. It's true. <laughs> I go for potato salad over mac salad. Yes. Is that on your list? Potato salad was next, so we can get into that, because I generally would take potato salad over mac salad unless it's Greek pasta salad. Yeah. So in ranking, I'm going Greek pasta salad, potato salad, regular elbows and mayonnaise mac salad. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's fair. it depends. If you, get, you really got to be in the mood for regular elbows and mayonnaise mac salad. I have a gluten-free version, and you can't even tell that it's... It's just essentially the exact same thing with different macaroni. Makes sense. You can get enough stuff in there that you can't tell that the macaroni is, like, gluten-free. Dirt. I look Dirt. at... Dirt-based macaroni. Dirt-based macaroni. Dirt-roni. I look at macaroni salad, and I just think it's, like, <laughs> aborted mac and cheese. Like, you could have done so much more with the ingredients you have here. Like, you could have you could have taken the next step. Slow down. Nah, come on. It's too good to be true. Have you ever had potato salad Are we still doing phrasing? Salt potatoes. <laughs> salt potato potato salad is... Probably like the Jesus of potato salads. Mm. I like red potatoes. That's a good, but that also lends oh, itself yeah. to go another way because you could do a red potato salad with like fresh herbs and a a more Greeky, lighter olive oil based thing, and that's well, that's a whole different ballgame. You right could there. straight up do salt potatoes, red potatoes, and blue skin potatoes, and do an American style potato salad with three different colored potato salads that match the flag. So how you about wait that? for Fourth of July. I'm just, so hungry. I'm just, <laughs> I'm thinking like, where can we get some? Potato salad right now. I right, think. What's next? I think we no. That's it. We should call the show and go get potato salad. I think that's probably the move. Have you ever had move. like um like a corn salsa or any out, of those things? Should we put out Uticast recipes to people? I don't think mm. that's the worst idea we've ever had. I got huh. recipes. I know how to cook. <laughs> Sam's got stuff. I got stuff. He's good. I'm good. Uh, folks, we hope you enjoyed your Memorial Day weekend. Uh, it's always a pleasure to have you back again, Aaron. Stop saying that. I'm here now. I know, but I love it. You can't. Yeah, but when it. you single it out like it's here, she makes it feel like it's a thing where she's still not accepted as a regular thing. Yeah, and like that's I'm just a regular guy. I just can't help it. I just stare at you the whole time and I can't concentrate. Well, it's because like I'm covered with small bits of hair. Small bits of hair. That's always it's mine. I'm covered with small bits of hair and gesticulating wildly. <laughs> and I literally, like, if you don't watch your eyes, I'm gonna shoot a hair splinter at you. Uh-huh. 
Uh, well, again, thanks, folks, for joining hey. us. We'll be back next week with a very special episode 50. Go to uticast.com. Oh, are we doing the mailbag episode? Yep. yep. Well, Hopefully right, we go. got to get them questions. Go, go. Yep. do a Thanks to Ryan Miller. Yeah, again, thanks to Ryan Miller. Uh, June 1st at the Thinkubator. Go to thinkubator.co for information about the meetup and check out the brand new building. We will be back Woo-hoo. for episode 50. It's warm. Sweat. Sweating good. <laughs> 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 Sweating good. Sweating good. Sweating good.